Did you remember to take your Zombrex today? You bet your Welcome everybody to another episode of Geekology 101. My name is Diego and this is a new installment in our Brains series. Today we're going to talk about a video game. Uh, we've been talking about books, we've talked about films, and now we're going to get into some video game zombie action with the game series Dead Rising. Now Dead Rising also has some films which, you know... Uh, I'll mention later on after after chatting about the games, but uh, uh, the games are great. Uh, this is by far one of my favorite zombie-related games, um, or game series, rather. It basically uh, takes place in a world where the zombie apocalypse occurs, and then we get to play as different characters throughout different spans of years um, after the point of the zombie outbreak. Now, in comparison to other, you know, uh, the other, the other very popular video game series, which is Resident Evil, um, I think Resident Evil made zombie lore a thing within video games, in my opinion. In comparison to Resident Evil, this takes on a different approach. Resident Evil is very structured. Resident Evil drops you into a mission, carries you through various uh, through various uh, levels, pits you against various bosses, and you kind of kind of have to follow the the story. You have to follow the sequence of events. Dead Rising differed in the sense that it was a lot more open world concept. So let's start off with Dead Rising um, as a whole, as a series. So it's described as an open-world survival horror game. Uh, of course, it's zombie-based. It was created by Keiji Inafune, and it was created in 2006 by Capcom. Uh, it was taken over later on by Capcom Vancouver in 2010. Now, the, the 2006 game created by, uh, by Keiji Inafune it was pretty groundbreaking when it came to, to zombie video games. Uh, it was something fresh. It was different because of that whole open world feel and because of the game mechanics. So in the first game, we follow a character called Frank West. And by the way, I'm not going to get deep into spoilers of the storylines themselves, of the plots, because each game has uh, a very distinct plot. Although it's set within the same world, I don't want to get into that because, uh, you know, when I discuss games, I don't want to ruin the story for somebody. I particularly love games that have strong storylines and that have, you know, a developing storyline. So uh, if you're anything like me, you would hate to have details about the game spoiled. So no spoiler alert necessary because I really won't be spoiling the actual plots of the games. I'll just be giving introductory details. And then it'll be up to you if you decide to go play the game. And discover what the story has to offer or not. Uh, so again, Frank West, who was a photojournalist. And so this dude uh, walks around with kind of like a cheap suit um, a camera on him, photo camera. And he ends up trapped in a shopping mall in the midst of the zombie outbreak. So when this happens, 
basically the zombie outbreak is just starting and this dude this reporter he goes over to this uh mall to try to get first-hand accounts of what the heck is going on and it's all set in a fictional town a town that the game calls willamette colorado now as soon as you get in there, you very quickly discover how different of a game this truly is. Because not only, not only is it a very uh, free roaming type of thing, uh, the game mechanics, but you can basically use anything at your disposal, anything in your surroundings as a weapon. So this isn't like Resident Evil where you have to get guns and the more powerful guns you acquire the better you can do against a horde of zombies. Uh, it's not like Resident Evil in the sense that you, uh, you know, you can only find weapons in certain locations. No, in this case, weapons are as easily accessible to you as the amount of stuff you have around you. Now, the setting is what brings that concept and makes it that much more interesting because this guy is trapped in a mall, in a shopping mall. Very similar to uh, the storyline of Dawn of the Dead, where you have this group of people surviving the zombie horde, and they're trapped inside of a shopping mall, and now they have access to everything that the shopping mall has to offer. Well, this game takes that concept and takes it to the nth degree, because these guys in the shopping mall, honestly, I always thought that the movie left something to be desired, because when I, if I try to put myself in that situation... Right, being in the shopping mall, having access to all the kinds of different stores that are in a mall, not only the stuff that is actually being sold, but think of the hardware that is in a mall, the shelving, the racks, things made of metal, things that you can sharpen into weapons. Thing I mean, there is so much material that you could pull from to create weaponry and defend yourself against zombies in a shopping mall. And this game definitely explores that. So you can hit zombies with a bench from the mall, or you can hit them with a bat that you get at the sporting goods store, or a katana sword that you get at some kind of antique store, or you could throw a plant at them, or you, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And so it makes the entire experience of playing this game something that is unlike anything we had seen before in zombie games. And for that reason, for me, it was so incredibly enjoyable. I wanted to do that over and over and over again. But this is where a factor is introduced into the game format that is kind of a downer for the game. And it's that the game runs on a 72-hour clock. So the clock is constantly ticking as you're playing the game and for you to be able to pass the game for you, for your character, Frank West to be able to survive, you have to complete certain tasks within that time frame. The majority of the tasks are not necessarily uh, needed to be completed in sequence. Some of them do. Some of them have dependencies that like you got to do this before you can actually, you know, uh, go and encounter this other thing. But in the majority of cases, it's up to you what you do. So you basically have access to a map of this entire mall and you can move around the mall at will. You can go to where whatever sections you want at whatever point you want, complete whatever main missions or side missions you want, save survivors um, and advance the plot of the game 
but you have to do it within a 72 hour clock. So if you are playing for the purpose of beating the game and passing the story, then the fun of this free world, anything can be a weapon, free roaming experience is hindered a little bit. And I found myself, I remember with Dead Rising 1, I found myself, I think I must have played that game over like four or five times, only to experience different corners of the mall, different areas, different side missions, to be able to roam around and do whatever the heck I wanted. I found myself just replaying it over and over and over again. This didn't have any kind of free roaming mode. So that was the only downside to it. And it really, really made me desire that it had some kind of free roaming option. Um, there's an ending. Uh, there's basically something like six endings to the game, six possible endings, depending on what missions you completed, what side missions you completed, whom you saved, you're going to unlock different endings. And only one of these endings will unlock an additional 24 hour game set within the same storyline. And then you get to, you know, play within the same world, continuing the story, you get a little bit more action. Excuse me. Um, but that's it for Dead Rising 1. Uh, then we had to wait four years to get the sequel, Dead Rising 2. Now this one is set five years after the events of Dead Rising 1. And it's set in another fictional city called, uh, it's a casino town called Fortune City, Nevada. This one puts us in the, in the same world five years into the future, meaning that the world has been living with the fact of the zombie outbreak for five years now, and it hasn't fully solved the problem. It's kind of learned to live with it in a way, learned to control it to the point that zombies are not even being used for entertainment. And it follows a story of a character named Chuck Green. And Chuck Green is a motocross champion um, who's trying to clear his name. He was uh, he's basically being framed when the game when the game starts. He's being framed for causing the zombie outbreak in Fortune City. Because again, Fortune City, think of like a Las Vegas, Las Vegas type of city. And they had controlled zombies to a point where they could use them for entertainment and this thing called terror is reality. And so basically it's kind of like dudes competing to survive against zombies with all sorts of weaponry and vehicles and stuff like that. And Chuck Green was one of these guys, basically. Um, and so he's blamed, he's framed for being the one that causes the zombies that are being used for entertainment to break loose and to basically cause a zombie outbreak, uncontrolled zombie outbreak within Fortune City. Um, another element that's introduced in this in the sequel is this thing called Zombrex. So basically it's a medication that a person can take if they're bitten and they're exposed to the zombie virus and it delays being, it delays being turned into a zombie. So basically the zombie, the virus is in you, but this thing keeps it kind of like latent dormant and you, you don't actually become a zombie. And so the, the whole Zombrex thing becomes important because the Chuck Green character actually has a daughter who got infected by the zombie outbreak. She got bitten and she is dependent on the Zombrex medicine to keep herself human, to keep herself from turning into a zombie. 
So not only are you fighting for your own survival, not only are you trying to clear your name, but you're also trying to keep your daughter alive. And you have to, of course, the medicine isn't just taken once. She has to take doses every certain amount of times of time. And uh, this game, once again, goes back to that 72 hour clock system. So again, not only do you have to complete certain tasks within certain time frames for your survival and the advancement in the advancement of the plot, but you actually have to go back and check in with your daughter and give her doses of Zombrex <laughs> several times throughout the game, or otherwise she's going to turn into a zombie. And so it, it kind of introduces this really cool element. I love that element of the daughter, possibly because I'm a father myself. And, um, I guess it's kind of like a heartwarming element, right? Because Chuck Green is this tough guy, you know, motocross, risk taker, uh, daredevil kind of guy, um, very tough, great fighter and all this stuff. But then he has this soft side because of his daughter, you know, and he has to go back and take care of her and all that. Uh, so it's a really cool element. I really love that part of it. Another thing that this game that uh, Dead Rising 2 introduces, and by the way, this is all in 2010. I'm not sure if I mentioned this. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, right, Dead Rising 2 was set in 2000, uh, not set, but created in 2010. Um, another cool part that this introduces to the game mechanics of the gameplay is combo weapon systems. So basically, not only are you able to use anything around you as a possible weapon, but you're actually able to take certain items and go back to a crafting table in a spe in specific parts of the of the uh, uh, of Fortune Zit of Fortune City, and you're able to use different things, different objects to create new things. So, for example, you might go and get a whole bunch of nails, get a box of nails, and you might get a bat from a sporting goods store. Go back to the crafting table, and now you give yourself, you create yourself a spiked bat. Or you can go um, and, you know, get yourself a blade and get yourself a broomstick and you got yourself a spear, right? Different things like that. And, and some of the weapons are really crazy. Uh, some of them are explosive in nature. Some of them are, uh, you know, piercing weapons, slicing weapons. Some of them uh, are just blunt force objects. Very, very cool aspect of the game. Um, there are actually like a fire weapons. Um, you know, guns and things like that that you can find, but they're not as abundant in, let's say, like a game uh, like a, like Resident Evil. It really does force you. The gameplay forces you to use that, that that whole original aspect of this game series of just using whatever you can, whatever you have at your disposal to defend yourself. Um, the zombies in the game are traditional zombies. Uh, there's none of them that are really, like, fast or anything like that. There's really just from what I can recall, it's just one breed of zombie and it's a traditional slow walking type of zombie. But of course, when you're talking about a place like fortune city or the mall in dead rising one, you have masses of people that are in these areas. So you're basically swinging your way through and slashing your way through a horde of zombies, a true horde of zombies, which is something that resident evil was not able to do because Resident Evil um, didn't have that free world, free roaming aspect to the game. So in this case, in this game, that becomes a norm. It's normal to have to find yourself in these moments, in these situations where you're slashing through this multitude of zombies to get from point A to point B. 
And then on top of that, you also have humans, other human survivors, right? Just like in The Walking Dead or something like that, where some human survivors are taking the zombie apocalypse as an excuse to go crazy, to go wild. Um, there's all everything from like cults, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that see the zombie outbreak as some kind of, you know, mystical thing that's happening because of spiritual forces. There's everything from like guys who are hoarding supplies, um, you know, gangs of all sorts. There is all sorts of stuff going on in this game. It's, it's so freaking cool. But again, in my opinion, the only thing that it suffers from is this 72 hour system, the 72 hour clock that keeps you, uh, locked into having to stick with the time frame. This was another one, another another scenario where just like with Dead Rising One, I found myself replaying the game several times after I finished it, just so that I could experience that world and that gameplay freely, without having to worry about trying to beat the story. So. Um, another thing that happens here is that you're able to earn money and you need money for different aspects. Remember, this is a society basically that has already adapted to living with zombies. So th there is, I guess you could say more structure than there was in the case of dead rising one. And so money is a thing in this case, and you can, you can use money for different upgrades and things like that. And you can earn money by playing an online multiplayer mode called terror is reality, which is also the name of that whole competition, the reality show thing that's happening in this, uh, in this world, five years after the zombie outbreak, where people are basically, you know, competing to survive against zombies for money. Um, there's something that is released uh, after Dead Rising 2, which is called Dead Rising 2 Off the Record. And this brings back Frank West, the character from the original game, and it gives you finally a sandbox mode where there is no time limit. And you're able to go at will and just explore the setting, the world, uh, without, the, without the fear of, of your clock running out. Um, after this in 2013 came dead rising three. Now, unfortunately dead rising three was only available for, um, Xbox and PC, no PlayStation consoles. Uh, so, you know, that sucks cause I'm a PlayStation person. It was set 10 years after dead rising two, and it followed a character called Nick Ramos. Now this is in a, another fictional city called Los Perdidos, California. And, um, it goes back to the whole 72 hour clock thing. Uh, you can do combo weapons, but apparently in this one, oh man, you could do uh, combo vehicles. So you can uh, hook up vehicles to cause some damage. In Dead Rising 2, uh, there were definitely vehicles that you could use, and it was so much fun to use uh, little vehicles to to cause some damage on zombies. I can't even imagine what it's like to, to be able to, to you know equip them with extra weaponry and armors and stuff like that. Uh, so that must have been real cool. No sandbox mode in Dead Rising 3. Uh, and then uh, came Dead Rising 4 in 2016. Now this one finally uh, went back to being available on, on PlayStation, in this case PlayStation 4. It's set one year after the events of Dead Rising 3. And I refuse to read more into it because that's one of the games that I'm going to buy next for the PS4. I definitely want to get into it. I want to check it out. I can't wait to get back into that Dead Rising world because I enjoyed the first and second games so much. I just, I really, I'm itching to, 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 to get back into it with a new chapter. So um, maybe I'll, you know, once I play it, I'll, I'll post a review 
even if the brains series is over by then, but I just want to give my thoughts on it because again, it's a series that I really legitimately love. Now there's something interesting that was done <laughs> with this property and it's uh, some films that were released live action films. The reason why you may not have heard of them is because they were not released in theaters. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, there is Zombrex Dead Rising Sun. And this was a film directed by Keiji Inafune, the original creator of Dead Rising back in the first game in 2010. And it was basically following, it's a Japanese film. Um, and it was following new characters set in the same world, but with no ties to Frank West or Chuck Green or anything like that. Then in 2015, uh, a, a movie was released called Dead Rising Watchtower, which I actually saw. And this was directed by a guy called Zach Lipovsky. Uh, it was released on Crackle. Now, if you're not familiar with Crackle, Crackle is a free streaming service that's owned by Soup for the Soul Entertainment and Sony Pictures. That's <laughs> a very peculiar partnership right there. Um, and Dead Rising Watchtower actually followed Frank West. So we saw a live-action uh, iteration of Frank West, and it followed Frank West during the events of Dead Rising, between the events of Dead Rising 2 and Dead Rising 3. Um, it wasn't bad. I... I mean, <sighs> man, this is a tough one. I <sighs> There's worse, but I guess worse is just fan films, you know, like less quality, I guess. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a terrible film, but it just, you know, it it was missing that whole big movie feel. And honestly, it was trying to just bring the game to life too much and it didn't worry enough about plot and storyline. It just wasn't compelling. It wasn't compelling. It was kind of fun to see the mechanics of the game kind of play in real life, in live action, but it just wasn't It wasn't interesting. Um, and for that reason, I didn't watch a sequel, which is Dead Rising Endgame. It was released in 2016, a year later, and it introduces Chuck Green from Dead Rising 2, the video game. Um, and it takes place between <coughs> the movie uh, Dead Rising Watchtower and Dead Rising 3, the game. So... Look, I, you know, if you got some time on your hands, which, you know, with this entire situation that's going on right now with, uh, uh, with the coronavirus, uh, you may have plenty of time on your hands for the next couple of weeks. So if you do have time on your hands and you, you're a fan of the series and you hadn't heard about these movies, go give them a watch. You know, you got nothing to lose except a couple hours of your life. So, um, aside from that, there's actually, uh, there was conversation about a possible series and you know, a serial serialized story for crackle to be released on, on crackle set in this place in the same world of dead rising. And it was supposed to take on the format of the show 24, which is an amazing show. If you haven't seen it, you know, where have you been? Uh, 24 of course has this very peculiar format where, um, this was a show that was released on Fox. And so, you know, as any other show released on, on, on network television, they had to fill 24 episodes per season. And so to do that, what they did is that they took a 24 hour day and each episode is minute by minute, one entire hour, basically of the story. 
So by the end of an entire season, the only time that has actually transpired is one hour, is, is one day exactly. And so each season is one day in the life of this character called Jack Bauer. And so they wanted to follow a similar kind of format for a Dead Rising show, which kind of fits, you know, because again, Dead Rising has followed its own formula of 72 hour clocks. And uh, I could see how they could easily adapt it to, you know, a 24, 24 hour thing where each episode is one hour of, of a day. So um, interesting. I, I definitely check it out if they do end up making it. I'm not sure that they will at this point. It's been uh, a few years now with no other news or mention. So Dead Rising, have you played it? If so, what did you think about it? I'd love to hear other opinions. Uh, I'd love to hear if you love it as much as I do. I really can't wait to get into Dead Rising 4 for uh, PS4. I definitely want to get that soon, and I'll post a review for you guys. If you do love Dead Rising, uh, if you got something to say about it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can write us at g101podcasts at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on social media, guys, on Insta Instagram and Twitter, at g101podcast. Hey, if you like the podcast, do us a favor. If you do love it, a five-star review would go a long way in helping us get found on podcast apps. Um, you can also leave, write us a review. Let us know why you love the show and what you like about it. Or if you don't like it, shoot, write us a review too and let us know. You know, We're always trying to change, evolve, and make the show better for you guys. Um, and aside from that, listen, I am enjoying this Brains series tremendously. I still got a few more properties that I want to get through that I want to talk to you guys about. And I hope you are too. You know, this is a way to share a passion that a lot of you guys might share with me, this whole love for zombie lore. And I still haven't gotten into some of the classics like uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, which were those things, the properties that kicked this entire genre into existence. So I can't wait to get to those films. I'm purposely leaving them for the end because those are going to be the more, the deeper ones because they had so much social commentary and so much thought that went into them by George Romero, the creator of, of these, of these, uh, of these properties. So until the next episode, until the next installment of the brains series, and until the next episode of Geekology 101, I have been Diego. Thank you guys so much for your time. I'll catch you in the next one. Game over.